Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Get into it! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 14 of the Good Buds Podcast, a show about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Not weed, but weed is tight. My mm. name is Joey Belfiore, and I'm here with Andrew Bascom. Andrew, happy new year. Happy new year, Joey. I think everyone is excited for a fresh new start of 2024, especially the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, close the book on uh, December because mm-hmm. not the greatest end to that month. The Leafs were hot as all hell at the end of November into December and then really tailed off. And here we are. Here we three, are. Sta- three straight losses limping into the new year. A um, bit more on that, obviously, later. Yeah. But just question for you. Do you watch the Winter Classic? Do you do that every I, year? Did you do it last year? Or I, I don't. Honestly, I, I don't. I, I, wish, I wish it was a bigger thing, but it feels like it's been overdone in a big way. So, like, the, the Winter Classic is different than the Heritage Classic, which is also different than the Outdoor Series. And you're like, ah, okay. The Stadium well, Series. And yeah, yeah, the Stadium yeah, Series, yeah. excuse me. Yeah, and I was like, okay, well, I don't care anymore. So, like, I, it feels like this year they're trying to reset that a little bit and go, this mm-hmm. is the Outdoor Classic, or, you know, whatever it is, the Winter Classic. And you're like, oh, okay, so this is the one that you should be watching. Yeah. I remember, yeah, when they first came out, I was watching all of them because super interesting. Yeah. Never really see an outdoor game. Um, but yeah, now it kind of tails off. Although I did think it was cool the way they did it this year with the two newest teams, just to get like engagement from that part of the country, that part of the hockey world. So yeah. cool idea. I thought the jer- both jerseys were great. Oh, um, yeah. I was just yeah, going to say that. Just, the jerseys look great. Like, look, it's yeah. a great idea too to be like, you know, we'll make it special. You get your own jersey. Yeah, you do your own thing. And like, I knew a ton of people that went to see the Leafs play in the big house in Michigan. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was like a big one. And, but that was back in the day when it still felt like, like such a new thing that was so exciting. And now like if Toronto played in like Hamilton, you'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> that's a, that's a pretty yeah. long go train. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather just watch it on my couch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, funny about that game though, 10 years ago mm-hmm. for that winter classic, there's a picture that's been circling around with the three Hughes boys in leaf gear at that game. <laughs> that's amazing. I didn't see that. Yeah. They've spent a lot of time in Toronto growing up. Um, whether it's playing hockey, but they spend sure. a lot of time here. So yeah, there's three of them. Both Jack and Luke are in Leafs jerseys in Tukes, and uh Quinn is in a Leafs hat. That's amazing. Well, bring them home. Okay, start yeah, the exactly, clock. Here right? we go. McDavid <laughs> exactly. and the Hughes brothers. Bring them home. All three of them. All <laughs> three of them. All right. Uh yeah, a lot to talk about today. I think everyone kind of yeah. is just focused on the new guy. The new Dennis guy. Hildeby. Has been called up, whether it's finally to some of you or it's, oh God, to others, oh God. it's happening. <laughs> yeah. The Hill to Beast is here. Um, Ilya Samsonov is on waivers. Like, so much to dissect with this. Like, yes. we thought a week ago, 15 days ago, we couldn't even entertain this. No, it's too early. Why would we do this? This is, this yes. is absolute last resort. But we're here. Here we go. And Sammy's on waivers. Yeah. Yeah. On uh, the 32 Thoughts podcast that came out this morning, uh, Friedman was talking about the idea that the Leafs were trying to attach a six-round draft pick for Samsonov to get rid of him. And people were asking, like, no, you have to attach a prospect. And they're like, oh, you got to be kidding me. So sending him down seemed like the only option. Obviously, he's not clear waivers as of recording yet, but I think everyone's... Oh, he did clear? Oh, okay. Never mind. Well, breaking news. Joey's 33 Thoughts. As uh, is, you know, I... He's just, there's been a huge issue with this. Let's talk about Hildeby in a second. The Samsonov thing, we we talked about this last week and we said, 
you know, you got to ride him out. You got to give him a shot here to get it right. You got to do all these things. Two games later, he is now cleared and in the AHL. And I just, I almost getting a whiplash with like how fast this all happened. But I can't really say that it's the wrong move considering how poorly he's played in those last two games. Yeah. Like I said on the last episode, you know, give him one of those back-to-backs, Columbus or Mm -hmm. Carolina, and then try to ride him out in the Western road trip coming up this week. I did not think that giving him one of those back-to-backs, especially the Columbus game, would have gone as poorly as it did. Yeah, yeah. Four goals on 10 shots. Um, How, like, what's most frustrating is the team in front of him played well. Yes. Uh, It was, they completely dominated Columbus. And when you completely dominate a team, and then you just look and you've given up four goals on 10 shots to allow the other team to hang around and then eventually win in overtime because, yeah, we all fucking saw it coming. Yeah. Um, you, you can't, it's so deflating. How is the team supposed to play with any sort of confidence when, even when they're buzzing, when all of them are going, it's just not going to fall for them because we can't get a save. And it was like... Yeah. The goals too, like the Fantilli goal. Oh my god! It, it was just Swiss cheese after Swiss cheese after Swiss cheese. Like you couldn't get anything out of them. No, it's it's awful. It's like playing with a golf handicap. Like it's just like the team in front of them is playing great, and they're just trying to outscore the opposition because they know they it's just there's not a chance they're getting a save. And that even going to overtime, you're like, oh fuck! Well, we know how this is gonna go. This is not yeah. you know because they can get sustained pressure for two minutes, hold the puck in the other zone, do the do everything, and it's just gonna be one rush coming the other way. And you're like, well, that was it. You know, like why even skate back? Yeah. Um, so, you know, a game is that bad. And then you're like, yeah, he can't play another game right now. He cannot play another game in a Leafs uniform. So forget no. everything I said last week because yeah. I thought, you know, riding him out would be maybe the move. I did not expect that first game to go so poorly. So poorly. Yeah. So, so, now, so badly. Yeah. He's, he's with the Marlies. He's reported to the Marlies, sure. but he's not going to practice with the Marlies. No, what they're doing is they're going to just kind of like not give him any game action and, and kind of just work with him off to the side. Um, I don't know if I understand this. I don't know how I feel about this where it's not, how can you expect Samsonov to find his game without seeing any game action? And, and, and you're just going to practice him hard for a week. And then all of a sudden it's going to be better. I just don't, yeah, I just see this, you know, going kind of the same way, running around in circles where, you know, a week, maybe two weeks from now, we call him back up and he goes back in and lays another egg. And how can you keep doing this? Yeah, I, you know, the worst part is I could see him coming back up, having a good game and then two bad games. You're like, you're, you mm. can imagine a lot, like it's it, trying to break down the actual like, um, you know, metrics of goaltending is really tough because a large part of it is confidence. And and it's this very weird thing where it's like, he was a great goaltender yesterday, uh, yesterday, last year, excuse me, where he, you know, outbattled Vasilevsky. We beat, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning. He was a good yeah. goalie. And oh, he, yeah. got a, he got a raise in that arbitration because he was a good goalie. And then all of a sudden to now a couple of months later, just not have it, that doesn't make any sense. It's not like, you know, a defenseman that loses speed or, you know, becomes a little bit more frail and can't hit anyone anymore. This is... a, a this is just a mechanics thing. He just doesn't have the confidence. The, the other thing is I keep thinking about what him going to the A is when they sent Jack Campbell down, mm-hmm. the Edmonton Oilers sent Jack Campbell down. Everyone just said, this is not a good idea because the HL is not like, oh, NHL light. It's just a different league entirely. You're playing with people you don't know and you don't know their style and they play a different system. And there's all these things. So to all of a sudden now, now like the next day, like, oh, he's got it. He figured it out. It's like, there's a real chance he gets worse because he might play in games with people he just doesn't know, you know? Yeah, I mean, Jack Campbell's struggling. I mean, Strugg- he's so. getting pulled out of AHL games. You know, like, yeah. 
Ugh. I just, I don't, I don't know how this is going to go. And I wonder if it's just yeah. the writing is on the wall. Can we move on? Yeah, this might be buried. Like this might be its own version of Robita Island or the whatever, the Lupo Peninsula or something like that, where we just bury him in the AHL and then his contract expires at the end of the year and we just go, okay, well, that's just it. Yeah, it 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 really feels like they're trying with him. Obviously, they want it to work out. I, I think everyone wants it to work out. You don't want to be paying a goalie 3.5 million and have it not work out. Yeah. But it's we cannot keep doing this like it, mm-hmm. it's not like this is just i don't even know what to say andrew like i i yeah, have not yeah, seen a goalie yeah. play this bad in so long it's toscala numbers it, it's almost identical it's worse to, well yeah it feels yeah. worse yeah it just feels like we can't get a save at any point in time mm-hmm. he can't see through traffic he's trying so hard to like i don't know you look at him back there he's like really contouring his body to to see where he can see find a lane and then before he finds it the puck's in the net yeah 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 it's it's it is sad and it is sad and like i don't know i feel for the guy like i hope i hope he finds Mm -hmm. it back but you're right is the way that saying we can't keep doing this we can't go like you know what he's played pretty well with the marlies for a month now we're gonna bring him back up like we how many more times can we go like i think he we gotta give him a chance we got it like we can't anymore you know at 17 10 and 7 you kind of you do need wins now we need to be moving ourselves we need to be moving ourselves up the standings here you can't keep going like ah you know might be the guy and that's why it feels like they're taking like the biggest flyer of flyers on hill to me yeah i mean you talked to us just over a week ago we were four points back of austin with a game in hand sitting in second uh, so many games up on tampa bay and now a week later we're already nine points away from boston they've completely expanded their lead they've gone on a three-game winning streak well we've gone on a three-game losing streak florida's clear of us yeah tampa's right on our ass like (laughs) you need wins and your starting goaltender is one of them is in the marlies and the other one is injured and not going to be back for another month so it's martin jones time and it's dennis hildeby time dennis hildeby Hildeby. let's talk dennis hildeby or the hilda beast yeah as everyone likes to call him a fourth round draft pick by the Leafs in 2022. He's a 22-year-old goalie who played in the Swedish Junior League, the Swedish Hockey League, and for the Marlies this year. And he's put up solid numbers for the Marlies this mm-hmm. year, which is why he's getting the shot. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, even me included, and I mm-hmm. think you were too, like th- two weeks ago, y- you float this idea and you're like, no, he's not ready. He's it's just not, he, he hasn't had, he hasn't had the reps. He hasn't had the reps yeah. in North America. But now you're 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 kind of forced. So like, are you are you trying to believe yourself into thinking that Dennis Hildeby is the answer, or like, what are you what are you expecting here? Oh God, I I don't know. There's a, it feels like um it feels a lot like in the NFL when you put a rookie quarterback in because the starting quarterback that isn't working, and you're like, man, are we gonna ruin this guy? Like, are we just gonna get this guy destroyed and then just you know ruin him as a prospect? That's obviously the fear that you know he's mm-hmm. playing in the NHL. It's a big jump up from the HL and. And, you know, that these, these little things he's going to learn, these, these bad habits he's going to learn are going to become like concrete inside of him because it just it might not go well from game one and you go, oh my God, this is, this is a nightmare. That being said, he's playing in front of a good team, you know, behind a good team, excuse mm-hmm. me. And, and there is a large part where him being six seven, just a gigantic body, and all we need to do is him to play just a little bit better. Like not even average goaltending. We don't even need average goaltending. If we got average goaltending, we'd be an incredible team. If we just need a little bit better do, does he present that more than Sam Stoff? Man, I, I I don't know, but it does it does worry you. It scares you a little bit. 
it's at this point what can be worse right well that, because that's, yeah. the worst option is Ilya samsonov yeah like i said i have not seen goaltending <laughs> this bad on the toronto maple leafs in my lifetime i don't think like i yeah. think it's worse than vesa toscala yeah so yeah so what can hilda do that's worse nothing really yeah samsonov is the worst goaltender in the nhl just statistically, I test yeah. everything you want to do. He's the worst goaltender in the NHL. Is Hildeby going to be the worst goaltender in the NHL? That is the, that's the bar. That's the bar he needs to cross. And I don't think so. I mean, you've got a six foot yeah. seven. It's funny because like everyone's talking about the size. If if you remember when when Jonas Gustafsson come, yes. came to the Leafs, everyone was talking about the size. You know, the monster. Like this guy's huge. He was six three. I know. Hildeby six seven. <laughs> six seven. Have you seen some of the photos of practice? It's unbelievable. Yeah, where Gregor just- looks like Nick Robertson. Yes, it's like, it is crazy that you're like, I just, it, I get the idea that this is a very Vogue thing in the last couple of years, big goaltenders, you know what I mean? Kind of started with Ben Bishop like many years ago, he's 6'6", and like, and then kind of going from there. Now, in the past, large goaltenders was kind of like a taboo. You didn't want to be too big because there's all this, you know, gaps and openings that you could do. Now we've realized that, you know, having more space, having more body is the ability to stop more pucks. But it is, 6'7", is remarkable. He's got to be the tallest guy on the team. Like, it's just crazy. Yeah, he's a big boy. And it, it's um, it's interesting to listen to him speak because he was talking about, you know, he plays a solid positioning game. That's what he tries to focus on, just yeah. positioning. Um, you know, that's, that's a kind of game that when you transfer from a European league to the NHL, I think that brings an advantage because the ice is so much bigger in Europe. And Hildeby talked about it himself. He feels like, with a smaller rink, there's less space for guys to be shooting at different angles. And as long yeah. as you're playing positionally sound, you should be in the right spots to be making the saves that you need to be making. Now, the shots are a lot harder. The shots are a lot more accurate. I mean, Keith even talked about like, you know, we're going to have to get him ready and up to game speed. This isn't just a, okay, we're playing the Kings tonight. Throw Hill yeah. to be in there. Like, yeah. like Austin Matthews in the first rush blew one by him in practice. These shots are going to be a lot different. Yeah. So, whether that, like, now the question is, you've got a back-to-back, right? And naturally, mm-hmm. you'd think Jones would get one. Jones gets the Kings tonight, and Hildeby gets the Ducks tomorrow. But you yeah. wonder, I mean, Keefe is even thinking about starting Jones both games because does having Hildeby sit on the bench and kind of watching the game speed, watching everything, serve as an advantage to get him ready for maybe yeah. one of the San Jose games? Or do you put him in there on Wednesday? Against the Ducks. Yeah. Which I, that's what I would do. I don't know. I, I think you have to see what you got. Even if the game yeah. goes poorly, you're like, well, whatever. We were expecting to lose this one, one way or another because it would have been Samsonov and we didn't have high hopes for that one. You got to get him in. You got to, you're right. Game speed's really important. I just couldn't stop and think about like, you know, I saw a photo of Curtis Sanford talking to Hildeby and Jones, both on a knee. And I just go, it's like watching this in 2024 going, how did we get here? How is this what we're doing? Like Martin Jones and Hildeby is our two goaltenders that are going to be dressing this week. Is just how if you would put the odds on that before the season, you would you wouldn't believe somebody. Like it's just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Like I feel like, like we crazy. touched on this right like a month ago or so. Like you need more than three goalies to survive in the NHL because injuries happen and things happen and people start playing like prime Vesatoskala like. <laughs> You just, you need more than yeah. three. You go into the league, you go into the season thinking too, and that's not even going to be close to enough anymore. Like we no. always use multiple goalies and here we are, our fourth goal of the year, That at least the second year in a row. I would assume it's the third or fourth year in a row we've hit the four goalie mark. Um, but this one is a fresh boy, a fresh oh. little face. 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, I think it's Anaheim, right? Because yeah. obviously the yeah. Kings are a really good team and you don't want to throw them in against the Kings. No. You put in Jones tonight, but I think you don't want to be starting your third string goalie twice on the back-to-back. Like, let's not just pretend that Martin Jones is is the savior here. Like, yeah. it's still Martin Jones, who has a lot of flaws to his game. He, he mm-hmm. has served us well um, and has done more than what we've asked for him, for sure. Oh, yeah. But like, come on. Anaheim is a a team that's lower in the standings, so throw Hill to be in there. The mm-hmm. team really needs to kind of pick it up for him. Like, there is yeah. just no excuse to come into that game and and, and be any sort of off. Like, yeah. you yeah. have to know who's in the pipes for you and be like, okay, like, because we talked about this, right? Like, well, the team just doesn't play well against bad teams. We haven't. I know, but that, but that Columbus game is the opposite of that. The Columbus game is the one where you're like, that was exactly what they should have done. They, yeah. they they came out and they just scored absolutely at will and they were doing great. Yeah. And you're like, that's, and you know what? If we can't win that game, totally fine. But at least they they did their job. They went out there and they played the best they could, even though knowing the goaltender was going to be bad. That's what we need against these bad teams. That's what we need, especially when Hill to be in. And I think you will see a little bit of life in that. I think you will see people, you know, standing up for, you know, tough situations. I think the Leafs, even though, you know, playoffs aside and things like that, are weirdly resilient sometimes. Like they kind of do have marks where they see mm-hmm. something down and they'll like kind of, you know, stand up for somebody. It was kind of like after, you know, Tavares gets hurt and they just start pummeling everyone. You know, like it's that mm-hmm. kind of thing that I think will hopefully that will give you faith that you're like, okay, they're going to stand up for him. And, but that's what we need. That Columbus game gave you a little bit of faith. Yeah. 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 We, <laughs> I, I've seen some comparisons to Jordan Bennington, which again, I don't really understand. Whoa. I think the only like comparison is it's January and you're making a goalie change oh. to, a, to a guy that, that hasn't played any sort of, any sort of games before. I mean, in the Jordan Bennington cup run, the St. Louis Blues cup run, sorry, Jordan Bennington gets thrown into the lineup for, St. Louis in January, the team yeah. is in dead last. So they were in last in the league. <laughs> let's we're not like we're still in a playoff spot. Everyone, like, yeah, hold yeah. on a second. Um, Seven games over five hundred. Yeah, the only comparison I see is a is a goalie who was drafted in one of the later rounds and uh, hasn't had an NHL start yet coming yeah. in. That's the only comparison I see. I don't see any sort of other comparisons. Like Hildebeest again. Jordan Bennington's a a big guy, but he's six two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I was gonna say Banks, maybe that's is that where the comparisons end though? Like that he's a late minute replacement, like uh, kind of an emergency backup. That I hopefully feel plays well? I f- maybe because like Jordan Bennington's also a head case. Yeah, he's also an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> like, I'm like, like, I, I feel like uh, Hildeby is is I don't know. I've I've only seen a couple interviews from him, but he seems very like composed and calm. He gives me a little more of the Joe Wall energy, sure. just like that. That super quiet and well thought out response from a yeah. from a young kid. It's it's it's. It's nice. It's refreshing. It's a, he's got a little bit of a maturity to his interview game. Again, he's 22. So like, yeah. we're thinking about him like he's 18 right now, but no, he's 22. He's played mm-hmm. some games in the professional leagues before over yeah. in Sweden and, you know, only, only a few games over in North America. So I think that's why everyone kind of freaks out and it's like, this kid doesn't have any seasoning, but like it will come and we'll see what happens. Yeah, like oh Nick Robertson's a year older than him. Like, it's not like this crazy, yeah. you know, thing. Also, yeah, you're talking about like his temperament and his like interviews and stuff like that. He's very Swedish, you know? <laughs> like, he's going to be, yeah. yeah, don't worry. He's not, I swear to God, though, if he hits somebody with a haymaker in the first game, I'll be like, whoa, oh, there it is. There's Bennington. Oh, okay, it is Jordan Bennington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I get it. I get the comparison now. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll touch a bit more on what we've got this week. But first... Saturday, then the second half of the back to back, the Leafs lose again to the Carolina yeah. Hurricanes. Um, so Carolina, it's funny because like usually you see Carolina as like 
an Eastern Conference juggernaut, even though yep. they haven't broken through and gotten to the finals, like over the in this this era of Hurricanes hockey, they're yep. always there. They're always mm-hmm. in the conversation. Really, really solid regular season team. Always go on a bit of a playoff run, but got swept by Florida in the conference final last year. Don't yep. think anyone expected that. They are struggling this year defensively. They yes. have always boasted a wonderfully defensive system with guys who can score. And they have a high, high flying powered offense with guys who can score. Um, they haven't gotten the goaltending at all this year. Hmm. Kind of in a similar boat as hmm. us with Antti oh. Ranta. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Freddie Anderson has been on the shelf. Um, but of course, how do you get right? Is you play against a swimming Toronto Maple Leafs team. So the Carolina Hurricanes and Toronto Maple Leafs play a solid defensive game just yeah. like everyone expected. <laughs> uh, and 2-1 until the last couple minutes before Carolina puts in an empty netter and then Toronto scores with four seconds left yeah, to make it 3-2. But, I mean, that's what you want. Martin Jones, thank you. You led in two. That's all you can That's all you can ask for in this league, right? Two that's goals. all you can... No, no, I, two goals. It's like, you know, hard to, hard to break that one. It is amazing the amount of comparisons between the Carolina Hurricanes and the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I know we can be a little pro Leafs on this podcast. That's the whole idea that, you know, it's fun to be positive about the Toronto Maple Leafs. But it's amazing how people talk about Rob Brendamore and going like, what a hell of a coaching job. They can't get any goaltending. And yet they are, you know, they're surviving. They're treading water. We yeah. are in the same situation where people are like, man, I hope Sheldon Keefe dies in a car accident. You're like, what the hell is there? Wait, what? Like, how is there a difference here? Like, it's crazy. Yeah. It's it's quite ridiculous. Just like you have a team, you know, blind, blind stats here, right? You've got mm-hmm. a coach who's coaching a team with a myriad of defensive injuries, a yep. bunch of AHLers at, on the back end, a third string goalie. Hey, um, can't get a familiar. save. Team save percentage in the 800s. Yeah. Yet, they're in the top three in the division. Oh, amazing. Who are we talking about? What blind item are we talking about right now? It's not Isn't Carolina it? because they're not in the top three in their division. There we go. <laughs> Come on. It just it just blows my mind. And yes, we, oh God, I just it drives me crazy because just you remember context matters and you just put a jersey on them and now all of a sudden your opinion completely changes everything. And I, I think the other one too is Rob Brendamore has like all these positive thoughts in our heads of like, ooh, I remember Rob, Rob Brendamore. Still got a nine pack. That's crazy. He's so tough. Oh, that's good. He was a good NHL player. I love that. Shut up, Keith. Boo. We don't like him. He flamed out. He wasn't a good NHL player. Uh, yeah, I just... Uh, I don't, I don't get the comparison. I understand that they played them tough. They did the best they could against, you know, a team in a very similar position. But like 2-1, if that's the game we're losing, you're like, you're like, okay, those are the, that's the way you're supposed to lose, not 6-5 to Columbus in overtime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. What do you feel? Like, am I, am I being too positive about it? No, I, I mean, it, listen, I'm pissy right now. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> we're not in a good spot. Like, of course, going into a break, so you got to sit, uh, not really a break break, but like a couple mm-hmm. days where you just have to sit with these these losses as everyone yep. sort of moves up around you in the standings and you just kind of sit there because you can't seem to find your feet right now. You can't seem to get a save. Um, that being said, you know, change is good. Change can be good. And I just think any anyone else between the pipes is hopefully going to instill some sort of like, okay, guys, like let's, let's do whatever we can to help this kid and, and get on a run here because we're, I don't want to say running at a time, but like it's January and you go through these, these really rough stretches that, that take a toll on where you are in the standings and will matter come April. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, for sure. Yeah, that I know both of them are frustrating. Both the losses from last week since we recorded last are frustrating and frustrating for very two different reasons. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, just, oh, yeah. Just, it's still eating you up inside. It is. It is. Yeah. Um, Brian Reeves is skating again. Oh, good. Our savior. He's coming back. Yeah. There you <laughs> but go. He's going to be okay. What did I say? Change is good, right? Yeah. Brian change Reeves. is good. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> he's skating forward. again. Oh, God. Oh, God. That is going to be brutal because he's going to be healthy. So they're going to play him and it's going to, oh, God. That drives yeah. me crazy. I've, Keith said he's a bit away, like he's skating, he's not skating with the group, and then he said they're not going to get another practice in until the day before San Jose, which is Friday, so you're not going to really see Reeves on the ice with the team until earliest Friday, which means I don't think he's going to get in any sort of game action for another two weeks probably, maybe three weeks. Do they leave him out of the lineup when he's healthy? I don't know. Yeah. Do I want him in the lineup when he's healthy? I do know that I don't. No. <laughs> so... Uh, we'll see. Yeah, that's just kind of like, uh, he's skating, so we have to talk about it. Let's move on. <laughs> you only, okay, I sound so negative on Ryan Reeves. It seems like a nice guy. But is that, uh, it, the only positive can be, Reeves' best two games this season were the first two games. And that's because maybe he had a prolonged period of being able to rest. You know, he's kind of old. And so maybe these will be his best two games whenever he comes back, because he's had the chance to, you know, rest up his old bones. I'm being very positive right now, Joe. I'm trying yeah, my best. Yeah, I know. I, I I like our fourth line the way it is. I really like yes. Camp in the middle between McMahon and um, when he plays Gregor. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. Did we, we didn't we talk sat about that. We should talk about that. What yeah, do you think help. about that? So David Camp um, yeah. basically got uh, scratched. Yeah, healthy scratch, scratch, David Camp. A mm-hmm. uh, bit of a surprise. Sheldon Keefe is basically saying people need to be more accountable for their mistakes and David Kampf did not have a solid game against Columbus so he sits on yeah. Saturday um Holmberg draws in Keith says he's sending a message is yeah. this a message to you like what, what do you what do you think I, I you know what there, there's so much more that we don't know but let's just go on the facts that we know that David Camp didn't play well against Columbus David Camp has been signed to do one very specific thing and he's a defensive forward and he's very very good at it and when he is not being excellent at being a defensive forward, the the uh, the benefits are really scarce. And the only thing I'd say that I don't know if it's fair is that he's he's drawing a very tough assignment. You know, being the only any forward on the third line that has any defensive acumen whatsoever. The rest of them are net negative, huge net negatives when it comes to defensive play. And so I just wonder, are we putting too much pressure on him going like, hey, if we're not having a good defensive uh, you know, game on your line, it's all your fault. It's like, well, okay, I know. Or maybe he's overextending himself. I can't I can't really tell, but it is. it was definitely a bold move in something that Keith doesn't do a ton. So there must be <laughs> something behind it. Yeah, and I don't read into the, like, you know, obviously David Camp is one of our best penalty killers, and then, of course, yeah. we go 0 for 2 on the kill. Uh, Carolina gets two power play goals in there uh, yeah. because I thought on 5-on-5, five, five five, I thought we outplayed Carolina, but they put in two power play goals. That is the difference. Yep. And then you say, oh, well, our best penalty killer wasn't in the game. I don't, I mean, listen, I don't read too much into that. We have a solid amount, a solid roster of penalty killers, especially new sure. penalty killers this year who have been mm-hmm. playing very well on the yeah. penalty kill. Uh, I just think it's unfortunate the way it is. I think Camp obviously was surprised by it. it. Doesn't make you feel good, but hey, you move on and you go to the next one. There's 82 of these things, right? Like yeah. one scratch. Yeah. You know David Camp isn't going to be a regular scratch. This is no. just a one-off. It does send a message. Why? Because we're talking about it. Well, for sure. Yeah. Like it was a pretty public thing. Like it was like they made it very clear. It's like, no, he's being scratched. Yeah. Uh, he's totally fine. You're like, oh, okay. Well, that's definitely a definitely a move. And then everyone, you know, Mitch Marner has maybe one of his worst games of the year. Oh, fuck. And they say, okay, well, (laughs) 
Are you going to hold those players accountable? I don't think that's going to happen because, no. you know, you are a worse team if Mitch Marner is not on the ice. Yeah. Like, come on. We we like to, you know, Leafs fans like to poke fun at Mitch Marner and, and really like to get on him for kind of being the – he has turned into the whipping boy. He has. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, I, the, the second things don't go right, we, that's one of the first looks. It's going like – Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. You'd be sending quite the message if you bench Mitch Marner. I just don't think that's the right move. Um, yeah. Mitch Marner gets you points. Mitch Marner gets you assists. Mitch Marner gets you goals. He does a lot of things. He does. He's having way too many off nights. I agree with you. But this isn't a guy of like Kasperi Kapanen's skill level where you can afford to bench him. Like yes. You need wins. You need Mitch Marner in the lineup. I don't think you're benching anyone in the top six, like to make a point. You can't. You know what I mean? I, it's just the also, also the with Marner, the way you use him, it just would be like, oh, wow. Now we have three holes in our lineup. Like that's mm. what it, what it, I just don't understand the benefit of that. And I think people just. There's a certain amount of like public shaming, <clears throat> excuse me, that people want to do of going like, yeah, I want, I want to do that because then it'll make you feel bad. And you're like, okay, but will it make our team better? Like I just, sometimes I think there's a certain amount of like, I want to be right and not, yeah. is it the right move? This is egregious. It's egregious. Oh, that's interesting. It's egregious. This is egregious. This is egregious. Here we go. As we all know, Leaf Nation is <laughs> no stranger to exaggeration or overreaction. We all do it. However, this yep. segment is to highlight how ridiculous and egregious Toronto media and fans can get and why it's hogwash or egregious. <laughs> um, okay, so a lot of talk over the past actually month, really, mm. that the Leafs need to sign Bertuzzi and Domi to extensions ASAP. Yeah, right. They hear a lot of that. Yeah, I don't understand this at all because <laughs> like, okay, Tyler Bertuzzi and Max Domi, I... You know, they they both started off pretty rough for the Leafs, but then they both found their game. And yep. it seems like they've both found their spot in the lineup. They've, they've played yep. well. They have their solid games. They have a, you know, one off night here and there. But, you know, by, for all purposes, like at this point in the season, I am pretty happy with the way Tyler Bertuzzi and Max Domi has worked out. I think sure. they bring solid things to the team. Um Solid, sorry, assets to what they need to bring in their spot in the lineup. Um, okay. That being said, for a guy that you are still back and forth on a little bit, like let's talk Tyler Bertuzzi now, for example. Okay. Yep. Tyler Bertuzzi has 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 found his home on that second line with John Tavares and William Nylander. He's he's playing great. Yeah. But he's also a guy you're giving five million dollars to. So if at this point you want to sign him to an extension, I'm assuming you're signing him to that amount or more than that amount and, and this is a guy that yeah exactly with term mm -hmm. and this is a guy that you signed because you wanted to see performance and grit in the playoffs so if you're going to give an extension to a guy that you signed for a reason that hasn't happened yet yeah that seems a little like a dumb money move in my opinion yeah i i would like them to I mean, I hope the playoffs go well. I hope Tyler Bertuzzi still plays the way he's playing. And then yeah. you talk to him in the offseason, I would say, okay, like before he becomes a free agent, you use that window between May or whatever it is, whenever we get eliminated or hoist the cup, lol, uh, to <laughs> July 1, and you try to work out an extension there. Now is not the time. No. For that. I, yeah. For Max Domi I, as well, right? Like these are guys who you brought in for playoff time, for spring hockey. So you can't just make these huge moves because these extensions are huge moves with huge amounts of money before they've done what you're hoping that they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That I don't get. 
I, I, I agree with you. And I think, I think the real egregious part, <clears throat> and I think the real egregious part to me is the fact that we have no problem. I'm going to say we as a fan base have no problem. The yep. media, everybody can go out there and go like, and Mitch Marner makes $11 million. We tie up so much money into our top line. Get out of here. All oh, the top five players make this percentage of the cap versus the rest of the team. But out of the same breath, we'll go like, but we need to sign Tyler Produzzi for $6 million for five years. And you're like, wait, it can't be both. Like you can't, yeah. it can't be both. The idea that we are resigning him now is the idea that we would be getting him cheaper now than we would be after, you know, after the playoffs when he wildly outperforms his contract. I just, uh, if you think that's going to happen, great, then do sign him. I, I don't care. If you think we're getting a, bar- a bargain and we get four years of it, that's, that's totally fine. I don't know if I necessarily see that. And also my strategy for the cap would not be, we need to sign more players for six, $7 million. We need less of these. We need Tyler Produzzi's on one-year deals. That is how this team is going to survive with the current setup it is. Now, in the offseason, if they trade one of the big players over $10 million, okay, that's totally fine. But the idea that, like, we do need Max Domi's. We need Tyler Bertuzzi's to come in with this, you know, limited cap and limited term and play well, is which, which is what they're doing. I, I think the idea that we are, you know, need now to sign them and not lose them is kind of like doubling down on luxury that we can't afford. Like, it's paying on the credit card when you don't have the money. Yeah, like I think the money that you'd be signing him to an extension or both of them to an extension isn't so far off from the money that you would be signing to them to an extension in the summer if they right. play well in the playoffs. Like even if they have solid playoffs and solid stretch times, um, sorry, solid like springs into the playoffs, sure. I don't think that, mu- that, that number really jumps up too much. So it's like mm-hmm. if you make that move now, it's such a risk because then if it doesn't go well, you you've lost any sort of chance to be like, okay, that experiment didn't work out and we're moving on. You're now then stuck. And, and I mean, hopefully when you're talking positive, it, it does work out, but you have the luxury to see, you have these guys sign until the playoffs, maybe focus on signing William Nylander instead. I know that's, but that's, those conversations need to happen at the same time. And that's, that's the problem with this whole argument. They're like, we better resign them or what, what are we going to do? It's like, okay. Like, I, I also don't think at this point they have performed so well that you're like, I couldn't imagine losing. Of course. It's not like like William Nylander, who's having, he's third in the league in scoring. He's having a ridiculous year, right? Like that's a guy who you're like, oh my God, like, can we lock down right away? Because also you have years and years of a body of work from what William Nylander is. And you have William Nylander's playoff performance to look back to, which has been solid. He's always the one who performs in the playoffs. So you know what you're getting and you know, William Nylander has just constantly improved. You just don't really know much or enough about Bertuzzi or Domi to be like, okay, here's another four years at, you know, a bunch of money because we've only seen you play 30 games in a Leaf uniform. Totally. I, I think it goes back to the same argument why people like the signing in the first place. Where they're like, two Canadian boys, going to play rough and tumble, yeah. and here we go, that's what we need. And you're like, okay. I, I just, oh, I, and I don't, it, they, they played well, but just haven't seen that yet. Yeah, I mean, Andrew, like, did you know that Max Domi's dad played for the Leafs? Like, how special Holy do you shit, think that really? is? Oh my God, Wow. What would Andrew, it mean how bringing special, on the cup? <laughs> yeah, what would it mean to Max, you know? How special oh, wow. is that? You know, yeah. your dad played for the... T- oh, my God. <laughs> this is when they're going to ask Quinn Hughes, like, you showed up at the big house with the yeah, hat yeah, on. Yeah. What is it going to mean to you? Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, they were selling it in the store, so I bought one. Um, okay, my egregious is on the NHL. The NHL, in general, is so easy to make fun of. They make stupid decisions <laughs> all the time. Gary Bettman is a cartoon character. And, uh, and you know, and I genuinely hate them, and I think they're bad for the sport. But, nonetheless, the PWHL, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, had their mm-hmm. first game 
you know, this week. And uh, it's really exciting to see another hockey league, you know, in general starting mm-hmm. because there is so much great hockey out there. There's players that can play. And on top of that, a professional women's league that has been long, long overdue. The thing is that competition, and let's just say the competition for sake, is what it introduces is innovation. When the, when the NFL didn't have any competition for a long time, the XFL started out of nowhere. And we laugh about it a lot, but there was a lot of things that the NFL took from the XFL, including the camera on the rope that we get over the top of the, the field now and all these little things that you're like, well, that was really smart. We should have done that. That innovation is required by competition. And the PWHL has, you know, the NHL should change lots of things. And actually, Pierre Lebrun, un, funny enough, after I wrote this down, has an article out on The Athletic today about the changes he wished he'd see. The big thing I want to highlight is the PWHL has gone to a 3-2-1-0 point system for wins, which I think is just so long overdue that you get three wins for a regu- three points, excuse me, for a regulation win. You get two points for an overtime uh, or shootout win. You get one point for an overtime loss and zero points if you lose. And yep. I just, I, I, regulation loss, excuse me. I just think that is so long overdue. The point system makes absolutely no sense. And the fact that they're not addressing it is mostly because they're like, we think it's fine. You're like, not that we think it's good, not that we think it's working, is that, yeah, people haven't complained enough. So it's it's okay. And I think having another league trying to push them, trying to change things is good for the sport. So egregious to the NHL, big thumbs up to the PWHL for changing stuff. Yeah, I like that point system. I, I think a lot of fans like that point system because, hey, our overtime is three on three. It's not what we're seeing in the playoffs. So it's yep. it, measuring a win from a three on three win is different mm-hmm. from a five on five full 60 minute win. So... You know, you, you, you make three points up for grabs for every single game. Yes. You win in regulation, you get all three, you lose in regulation, you get none. And then you go to the extra period. Those three points are still up for grabs and you split them because what's the most annoying thing in hockey is every fucking game going overtime and teams losing nonstop. And Hey, the Leafs have been on that side of it this year, but like, let's just be fair for a second here. Like, Yeah. yeah. How many times are you saying, oh, they brought it to overtime, they brought it to overtime, they just get these loser points, and the loser points add up, and then come playoffs, you've got like a team that's got so many more wins that is behind the team in standings just because they have so many more loser points. Yeah, and, and the other the other thing too is the last minutes of the game in regulation should not be boring. They should be exciting. They should be the most mm. exciting moments because the game is almost done and it's a tie game. Instead, in the last five minutes, you're seeing a lot of like stalling hockey because like, well, fuck it, we'll just go to overtime and we'll see what happens then. That's, that's a bad system. You should be incentivizing people to win in regulation. Yeah. That is good for the players. That is good for the fans and the, and the you know, scheduling and everything like that. That, that. It just makes too much sense. I don't know why they haven't done it. Yeah, I agree. Egregious. All right. Next up, the Leafs have headed out west, depending on when you're listening to this. Tuesday, mm-hmm. 10.30 p.m. Eastern, they take on the L.A. Beauty. Kings, followed by the back-to-back on Wednesday against the Ducks, and then Saturday in San Jose. Um, First, do you like the late starts? Are you a guy who likes I, the late yeah. starts? Or <laughs> I was just going to say, the Western Road Trip should also be renamed Andrew Drinks Coffee in the Afternoon, because mm-hmm. like it's just it's one of those where you're like, oh, crap, you get so conditioned to 7 p.m., because it's just, we're very lucky, the Toronto Maple always get the primetime spot, and it's, you know, so we always have the 7 p.m. start, and now the 10.30, it does really change things, uh, it does feel like, oh, it does feel like a different conference, it gives it a diff- different appeal, I like it every once in a while, if I had to do this all the time, li- living abroad and trying to cheer for a team in the Eastern Standard uh, time zone would be just very, very tough. Yeah, like props to everyone in the UK who who oh. uh, is a lease fan and waits up until like three in the morning to watch the first period. <laughs> oh, good for them. I like it. <clears throat> Excuse, but like yeah? I like it every once in a while. Like again, we're st- we still have the seven p.m. start on Saturday because yeah, we're the Leafs. 
and it's <laughs> it's 9 p.m. against the Ducks, which isn't bad at all. But like no. once in a while, like okay, it's 10:30 tonight. Cool. Like gonna have dinner. Can don't have to worry about the game while I'm having dinner. Yeah, like, watch a show. Oh. What a luxury. I, you know, it's so funny. I, I, the Eastern Standard Time, like people always talk about that. That it's like the worst time for sports because seven o'clock and you're like, oh, then it, you know, ends at eight or something like that. And people talk about with other sports like Monday Night Football, they go, oh, the game ends at 1230. And it's like, they're, they're built for the Eastern Standard Time. They're they're scheduled literally for the most people that live on the uh, Eastern Seaboard. The Pacific Time always blows my mind. They're like, game start at five o'clock. Like, do you, what do you do? Do you go right from work? Do you leave work early? Do you like, I just, that part, I just don't, it doesn't make any sense to me. So yeah, Mm -hmm. we get very spoiled every once in a while to change it up it's not the worst in the world yeah the la kings um are a very good team and yeah yes. i predicted them to make the playoffs very yes, good congratulations <laughs> yeah uh are they that like they are in the least flashy center names up and in the lineup but like they could be maybe you got anze kopitar you've got philip Deneau, and yeah. you got pierre-luc dubois who pierre-luc i can't dubois, stand yeah. but like yeah those guys play such a different brand of physical defensive first hockey and it has turned this Kings team into just such a feared system that like so many teams want. They're such a team built for the playoffs built to just grind you and get, and get tough wins out of you. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's not flashy. You know, they, they don't have the, the, the superstars that are just, you know, climbing up the, the stat standings, but they're getting wins and they're going to be in the playoffs, and they're going to take whoever they're playing, probably Edmonton again, all the way deep. And and it's just like, you know what I mean? Like, it's exciting. It's it's tough hockey, and it's like, it's frustrating to watch. Like, how many times have we watched Phil Deneau, whether he's in a Habs jersey or a Kings jersey, just completely swallow Austin Matthews? I know, it's crazy. He is the Austin Matthews assignment guy. For sure he is. No, it's second he sees him. He's hopping over. And we saw that contract, you know, a couple of years ago when he signed with the Kings and everyone's like, what? <laughs> okay, sure. Oh my God, we were wrong. He actually has lived up to it. It's a weird way that he's got that, you know, in a, it's like a supersized camp thing. He does one thing and he does it very, very, very well. And so it's really hard to argue. I, I don't want to be like a, you know, cheesy big city guy, but like when LA is good, it's good for the NHL. It is good to have a good team in LA. That is, that mm-hmm. is good for everybody involved. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You know, like I hope Minnesota is good too, but LA would be more important for the NHL to, you know, be good in. So I, I, it's nice them doing it. I can't stand those silver helmets, uh, but you know, I'm <laughs> glad that they're trying stuff. I like, I like them being kind of flashy and stuff like that because their style of hockey is not that. And, and it should be something different. It should be an interesting game because it is a lot different than how we play. And so it's two different styles clashing. Yeah. Probably the most underrated team in the NHL, I would say. Oh, I like that. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, they don't get any flowers, and they are a tough out, man. They're a tough out. Yeah. And then, you know, two not-so-tough outs, but they will be tough <laughs> outs because that's just the way we do things over here. Um, <laughs> Everything is tough, man. You, yeah. What's my New Year's resolution for the Leafs? Just, oh. like, wake up every game. Yeah. Just, like, be ready to go every single game. Stop taking these periods off. Stop just laying down against bottom feeder teams. It is – the calendar has flipped, like – we're in the nitty gritty of the season. It is yeah. time to not have any of these sort of days off when you are actually playing. No, for sure. You know, and I, I yeah, my, my resolution has to, it has to be goaltending, right? Yeah, like you just save. Like, yeah. get a save. Resolution is learning how to save the puck. You know, I, I, that has to be it. You feel like you're going crazy because we're wasting these prime amazing years, especially for Matthews and Nylander. And you're just like, we can't waste this with, with not 
average goaltending with, with, with the worst goaltending in the league. So, yeah. and, and I just also feel bad for wall because now we've just like cemented him in into this idea that like, well, of course he's the number one goaltender. He's really good. And you're like, uh, well, okay, wait, he wasn't even that like, remember how we were talking before the season? We're like, oh, I hope he's able to solidify himself as the backup. And now we're like, God, I hope he's playing, you know, amazing. You're like, Oh, this is, this feels like a disaster plan with those level of expectations. So resolution makes it. Yeah. You're treading water here. What Oof, I want to see this week, six points on the table. Western Conf or Western Coast, West Coast Road West Swing, Coast. four mm-hmm. points out of six points. You need four. Oh, I love that. Four to six. It's no, not unreasonable expectation. That's no. totally doable with this team. So four to six points. I think I'm right there with you. Joey, are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready to do the numbers game? Yeah. Here we go. A game where I put Joey in the spot to see if he can remember Leafs from eras past and what they what number they wore. Joey is currently 27 for 28, but each player he gets wrong between now and the All-Star break, Joey will donate $10 to the You Can Play Project, a foundation working to ensure the safety and inclusion for all that participate in sports. Joey, it is now 2024. Yeah. Exciting. Happy New Year again. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go all the way 10 years back to see if you can remember two players from 2014. Uh, this first player played 58 games that year. Uh, and is kind of famous for a lot of reasons, which you'll now discover. It's going to be, I'm looking at the number for David Clarkson. I'm once again asking oh. for five seconds here for everyone at home to hmm. count down from five, four, three, two, one. Which number was David Clarkson? So David Clarkson wore 71 because yes. he wanted to make his comparison to Wendell Clark, and he flipped <laughs> Wendell's number to give it to himself and signed the worst contract in Maple Leafs history. <laughs> It's funny we were talking about all the contract stuff with Domi and Bertuzzi because David Clarkson, remember how excited we all were for David Clarkson? And what kind of style does David Clarkson play? The same sort of style of hockey. But do you remember? He bleeds blue because he of bleeds blue magazine cover. Oh, <laughs> it was the Toronto Sun. I remember it so clearly. Oh, God. Yeah, that's just awful. And it's so funny that almost immediately people were like, uh-oh. Like, like the second yeah. he hit the lights, like, oh, this is not good. I don't like this. Didn't it take uh, him like 20 games to score a goal? Yeah, it did. And he was playing in the top two lines. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, Just awful. 58 games that year. 71. 71, David Clarkson. All right. So the second player we're looking for uh, in 2014, played 56 games that year. And we're looking for Roman Polak. Roman Polak. Uh, I'm going to give you. Oh, Joey's eyes just shot open. Oh, I love this. Roman Polak, 56 games that year. And I'm going to give five, four. You don't have to answer at one, by the way. I'm just giving you three. Two, one. Now you can just talk a lot. Now you can just yeah, think. So uh, I I think he wore a number in the forties, and like, I'm just gonna fucking think here <laughs> to see if something comes to me. Oh my god! Oh, I love this. Like, uh, don't get to stump very often, guys. This is great. I know this is not good. I'm like, my mind wants to say forty five or forty six, and. But I feel like in that era, Johnny Bernier was on the team who wore 45. Mm. So mm. 45 seems wrong. Roman, speak to me, Roman. Um, <laughs> I might be stumped here. Holy shit. I'm going to go with 46. Joey's answered number 46 for Roman Polak. And I got to say, this is why he's best in the biz. That's exactly it. That's yeah. exactly it. He wore number 46. <laughs> And your thinking is completely correct too. That's the word. That's the best part. You talked it all out loud. You were completely correct. Roman Polak for number forty six. Holy uh, God, he's the best. Woo! Woo. All right. Wow. Twenty nine for thirty. Oh God, your eyes just shot open. I'm like, yes, yes. And you know what? And I think that's like the perfect line of like, oh no, he was a leaf. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that disgusting ankle injury he had. I, you know, yeah, but oh, yeah. yeah, okay. Well, there you go. Two for two again. Twenty nine for thirty on the season. 
Let's go. Thank you. That was great for my confidence. Um, <laughs> some hockey news, not in Leafland. Canada is out. Just happened this yeah. morning. Czechia. Oh my God. Um, what a game. What a game. Yeah, great game. What a horrible way to end that game. 11 seconds horrible. left. Czechia just throws one in front and it goes off Oliver Bonk's skate and Rousseau is not in position. Not his fault at all. Just kind of yeah. like a shitty way to lose. But like a lot of people are saying, we have been on the other side of those lucky bounces before. Canada goes out of the tournament early, earlier really? than anyone thought. Good for Czechia. Um, yep. The only thing that I'm really taking from this is how Fraser Minton and Easton Callum played. I thought Easton Callum played really great today. A really nice yeah. assist passing up to Matthew Wood to get a nice breakaway goal. Um, mm-hmm. Just like I said before, he's a bulldog out there. He is a young kid that we've got a lot more left to see. Um, especially probably next year at the World Juniors too. But really encouraging stuff from Easton Cowan. And Fraser Mitten plays solid. He plays a solid defensive physical game for a center, uh, for a top six forward. And we'll see where he slots in. We'll see how he does the rest of the mm-hmm. year in the WHL. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I think Mitten's going to get some shit, which... I, oh, whatever, he is already. He yeah, because he's a captain and, yeah. you know, he's a Leafs prospect and stuff like that. And, you know, yeah. I guess that, that's his fault that the Bonk skate was there. So... Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's, I think it's encouraging. It sucks for the guys because that's a terrible way to go. And, um, they were just also, it's a very Leafs game, uh, the, the Chechia game, because they were just pummeling them. They were just holding the puck for 90 seconds Mm -hmm. in the offensive zone, getting the puck back, pummeling them. And then of course, one goal comes back down the other way. They showed grit to coming back. Oh, two. And then to tie the game only to lose that way sucks. I mean, that entire third period was like in the Czechia end and they, they were shooting wide over and over. They get the puck back. and was like, Oh my God, they're just keeping it in like four checking, like crazy. Like they're, they're, they're four, four checkers are getting so tired and they just can't hit the net. It was like they had 10,000 shots go wide. Just the way it goes sometimes. Yeah. Didn't have yeah. it today. I, I kept looking up at the score bug to see like, are they on the power play? No. Yeah. Like, I, like, did I miss something? No. Okay. No, I didn't. Like just crazy. So yeah, terrible for Canada, but you know, good showings for the least prospects. And you know what? This kind of makes the world juniors more exciting to not win every year makes it more exciting. Just hundred oh, percent in the, in the tournament. Czechia is now a team. Like if they went to the gold medal game last year, we beat them in overtime and, and now they're in the final four. Like Czechia is now a team to yes. be reckoned with in the world juniors, which is cool. We need more of these. Absolutely. It's good for hockey when you have these. I know it sucks right now and I know no one wants to hear this, but like it's good for hockey this way. Mm-hmm. Also, just Canada continues to play garbage in, in Europe. Anytime the tournament's in Europe, they do not win the gold medal. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Hilarious. It scares you for the Olympics. The T, the PWHL kicked off. New Year's Day, Toronto getting shut out just like we all would have fucking thought. <laughs> Welcome to Toronto. Welcome to Toronto. Uh, 4 nothing to New York. Um, yeah. hmm. I thought Toronto mm. played. Do you watch the game? I liked the game. Yeah. Uh, I thought yeah. they played really well in the second period. It was it's mm-hmm. shitty they couldn't tie one up. I thought they were all over them. Um, then New York just kind of pulls away in the third. Yeah. So here's here's my one thing, right? Like, Because I've been all pissy about the branding and about like the, the yeah. lack of available merchandise. Mm-hmm. You watch yesterday's game. I bet mm-hmm. you so many people, no matter who you are, young, old, would have bought an Emma Maltese jersey yesterday, after yesterday's game. She was absolutely relentless and turned yeah. herself into a easy fan favorite. Probably oh, one of the lesser known Toronto players, you know, because of our ties to the Canadian women like Renata Fast, like Sarah Nurse, yeah, um, yeah. like Blair Turnbull, you know, like mm-hmm. these are household names. Um, Natalie Spooner, but yep. Emma Maltese played best player on the ice for Toronto. 100%. 
and was like that speed, the physicality, the scoring chances, like the number 27, which is a big number in Toronto hockey, you know, Mahovlich is Daryl Sittler. Um, Like there's an opportunity, right? Oh, I, I know it's crazy. crazy If you wanted one. I liked seeing how many people were, uh, you know, obviously it was sold out, but like all these people I know that like were at the game, I thought the presentation was good. The TV presentation was good. Mm-hmm. It's a very unique system that they're doing. They're doing it all in house and then reselling it out to the, to networks. And that's why you'll see games on Sportsnet, TSN, CBC, uh, the MSG network is showing it at the, all the New York games, which is really cool. But yeah, the big drop is like, let me give you money. I want to give you money. Like, yeah. come on. Like this shouldn't be this hard. Yeah. Well, we're back at it. In New yeah. York this Friday. So funny. I've already seen some stuff online. Like, guys, I think Toronto is going to be bad this year. Like, here we go. Right? One game. <laughs> here we go. Oh, my God. It well, doesn't welcome matter. Welcome to being a Toronto sports fan. To it the doesn't matter what sport. Does it? Oh, it's just awful. Like, welcome to welcome to Toronto, man. Like, it's just this. You, it's something in the water. You get cursed with it. Yeah. I mean, New York's going to be a good team, too. I think this Toronto team is still loaded. Like, let's just, you know, see how it goes past one game. <laughs> my goodness. One game. First game of the, uh, not season, first game of the uh, of the organization. So, like, let's just yeah. relax. All right. I think that's all the time we have today. If you made it this far, we appreciate the hell out of all you good buds. <laughs> Happy New Year. Thank you so much for listening. And go Leafs go. Gullies go. I just realized my, the last thing I said on the podcast is everyone just needs to relax. I should say that every, that should be the last line of every week. Everyone just needs to relax. Gullies go. You can follow us on Twitter at goodbudspod. Any questions you'd like us to answer on the podcast, you can send to goodbudspod at gmail.com. The song you're listening to is Adelaide by Taylor Whitaker of Bad Friend. Adelaide is available wherever you find music. I know we haven't talked in a while, but my hands have missed the feel of your cold black hair. Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Get into it!